You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Julian and I are both going to share this morning. And uh, we're, we're hoping it doesn't mean it's twice as long. Um, but we are wanting to share together as uh, we feel God has put this in our hearts as we journey forward. And just maybe to recap before before we get into it, just where we're at, what we've shared the last few weeks um, over this month. As I said at the beginning, our, we've been looking at five attributes of the church. And uh, really from these five attributes is where vision flows. And uh, when you look at this, it isn't, in some ways it isn't unique to this church. It should be unique, it should be for every church because what we've been looking at is what we see clearly in scripture. And uh, we started with this, uh, the very first attribute being enlarging expanding God's kingdom by going, by sending, and by establishing. To be a people that uh, go to where people are at, that our feet would be beautiful because we're bringing the good news. Not a church that just sits here and waits for something to happen, but we would be a going church. But also then we'd be a sending church, that we'd be a launching pad for those going into mission, those both locally and globally. And then thirdly, that we'd be an establishing church, bringing his church into places right now that needs a church. And so, again, mentioned this, this heart to, to plant another campus in the coming couple years in, in the surrounding area. More details to come as to where that will be and when exactly that will be. But we're believing that God, what God's doing now with us doesn't need to be contained with us, but we need to continue to move forward in seeing his kingdom advance as we establish it in other places that needs to hear it. Um, the second heart attribute we look at is enabling, that we be a church that enables each person to become who Christ has called them to be, a disciple, right? And a disciple is a learner of Christ, someone who continually is wanting to become more and more like Jesus. And so for us, we have to keep this uh, context, so we need to have this culture where we're always learning and growing, that this year we're, we're further ahead in our relationship with God than we were last year, that we're continually on this journey of moving and pursuing who Jesus is and becoming more like him. And so, again, we're going to be doing some Bible training courses in September and really challenging us to get deeper in God's word, deeper in our understanding of his plans and his purposes so that we we can increase our capacity to become more like him. And so my challenge is to make us feel uncomfortable with where we're at. Yes? And to realize that there's something more that we need to grow into. And uh, And I believe that's not just my challenge. I believe that's God's challenge for us. And the third heart attribute we looked at is empowering. And so being a disciple is also to follow the, the example that Jesus set, right? And Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Hey, you guys are on top of it today. Is to serve. And so when, when we look at being a disciple, it's, it's connected with us becoming like Jesus. And Jesus didn't just come and be waited on, but he came to, to, uh, to serve the people in which he was called to. And ultimately, he served all of humanity by taking the sins upon him and dying on the cross for our sins. And so in the same way, he says, we need to, we're challenged to offer ourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord. And this is, this is, uh, what we did today in, in even our saying, you know, this is how I'm, I'm willing to, to give of myself to the church. But also it's in this, it's as a church continuing to prepare one another, to stretch one another, to also be a church that releases each other into places of responsibility in the body that we would we would all find our place and grow and mature in it. I believe that's God's heart. 
Each part, each member has a part to play in the body so it might be built up. And again, whether that's in Burgess Hill or it's in Brighton, everyone has a part to play. Everyone. If you're alive and you're breathing, God has a plan for your life. Yeah, all right, good. You're still breathing in the front row. That's great. We're all, we've all got a part to play. And last week we looked at the fourth heart attribute, which is uh, encountering. As a church, we would lead people to a place of encounter with the Holy Spirit. And uh, again, in both, in both Brighton and here, we had a great time of just pursuing God's presence. But it, it isn't just for a one-time service. But as a, as a church, a heart would be a place that as we come together, we would receive an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But then also, we would take the Spirit to our places of employment. We would take the Spirit of God to the places around us that the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit is actually... For outside the church, it's not just so when we come together, we feel really happy and great and feel this great experience of being together. Actually, it's for when we go into the workplace or in the marketplace, the Spirit of God is for those moments. And so as a church, it would be a place that we receive, but also the place that we give in our everyday lives as we go from here. And this leads us now to our fifth heart attribute, engaging. God has never intended for us to live this life alone. You, God never intended for us to be on this planet by ourselves. In fact, right at the very beginning of Genesis, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he made a helper suitable, right? Woman. Whoa, man. Woo. God created us, though, in his image. And when we look at God, it, it was God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in this perfect unity, in this perfect relationship, all being one yet different as well. And God, when He made us in His image, He created this mechanism in us that we need to be connected to other people. It's not good for us to live in isolation. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10, it says, um, two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. We want to be a church that doesn't work alone, but we're connected to one another. If we fall down, there's someone to help us, pick us up, to, to, to encourage us. In verse 12, it says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Guess what? Maybe a hundred people could be like if we really join together. I tell you, we're impenetrable when we move together and we flow together. And there's a strength that occurs when we join together that's exponential. And even among animals, a draft horse, one draft horse can pull 8,000 pounds and you would think if you put two horses together, they would pull then 16,000 pounds. Would you not think that? However, two horses pulling together actually can pull 24,000 pounds. They can pull more together than either of them can pull separate. And it's not adding, but it's multiplying. When we join and we join hearts and we have a relationship with one another, actually what can happen through our lives isn't just double, it's multiplied. Right? There's a multiplication effect when God comes and He moves in our lives together. When God uh, gives, when we give our lives to Jesus, we become part of His body, whether you like it or not. You're part of His family. We were grafted in. And so we're no longer alone. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit that unites us in the Spirit. In Galatians 3.28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And so when we're in this place together, whether you're from Brighton or you're from Hayward Heath or from Burgess Hill or from Hasek's or somewhere else in the world, 
We're all one in Christ. When we've given our lives to Jesus, we're connected to this family. Universally, the big church, but then we're challenged to be part of the local family. We're united by the spirit, but also we now belong to one another. And in Romans 12, 5, so it says, So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Being united to each other and belonging to each other as one body is a spiritual reality that we are currently in. But it needs to work its way out into the everyday lives. It's like God has made you a new creation, but that needs to work its way out into the here and now. Right? And the same thing goes is that when we give our lives to Jesus, we are part of his family. Now we need to learn how to live that. What does it mean to be part of this community, part of his family? It really happens through relationship. And the vision of this church, the fifth heart attribute, is that we would be a church that is engaging in relationships with one another. It's kind of like the rebar, the reinforcement in cement. We can build all sorts of things, but if relationship isn't there, this will not last. No matter how much we want to pursue other things, if we do not have a strong relationship with one another, we will go nowhere quickly. And you can see anything, any movement, even outside the church, any division that happens in, in any kind of grouping of people, whatever their plans were, no matter how grand, will never accomplish anything so long as they're not pulling together. And a true demonstration of God's love for one another is when we journey together, when we live out in practical unity and belong to one another in this way. And this has its challenges as we all are different. As we look around this room, we all come from different places, different backgrounds. And it lends some challenges because you would think just because the Spirit has united us, we all will just love one another. But it's not so, is it? Okay, you can agree with me here. We, we, we don't always just see eye to eye. We, we don't always get it on. We, always, we don't always connect well. And Julian is going to share now in this, this practical aspect of how we live out this journey together. Julian, would you come and share with us? Yeah, I think, actually, Tyler, you're going to share more of the practicals after me, I think, right? Okay, yes. Yeah, okay. I think that's what it was. Oh, well. But I am sharing some, 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 some practical things, perhaps, hopefully, um, from the Word. So, so basically, Tyler shared with us very, very well um, this morning that we were designed to be in relationship with one, other, one another. And I love, I, I truly do love that reality that, that God has not called us to do this on our own, but to do this as as a group of people. And, uh, and so, um, we were designed to be a part of this community that we call the family of God. And, uh, so, so how, how is this to look is the question, right? How is this to look for us? How do we flesh this out in everyday sort of life? Um, how does it look for us to engage with one another? It's sort of, how do we, how do we accomplish this purpose, this doing life together that God's called us to do, right? So, you know, to be completely honest, the church, the people of God, you and me, us, we are an interesting group, right? When you really take time and you think about it, we are an interesting group. And sometimes I look around, not necessarily here this morning, but sometimes I look around at the church as a whole and I think, really, God, this is, this was your plan? This, this is it? Like, this group of, you know, hooligans trying to 
to follow you and live their lives for you. But this is God's plan, is to bring a whole bunch of people, as Tyler has said, from different backgrounds and say, I have a purpose and a plan for your lives and you're to do it together. Um, you know, I think when I, when I, when I look at this, at this group or look at the church, I think I would probably do it differently. You know, when you're building a business, I think it's good to bring in, uh, bring in a, a diverse group of people, um, for that business, but there's an element of you look for certain people and you bring them on your team. Whereas a church, it's like, it's open to anybody, right? Completely inclusive, no matter where you come from, no matter what's happened in your life, we want you to be a part of what we're doing and what God's doing. And that's the reality um, for us as a church. So, so how do we take uh, a group of people from different backgrounds, from different life experiences, from different cultures, from different upbringings, from, from different current living statuses, uh, so to speak, from uh, people that are completely different in personality, um, how do we how do we do that? And and I believe truly that the key is regularly going to the scriptures. You know, there's a lot of different formulas. There's a lot of books that are written about how we should, should do church. But at the end of the day, it's like we need to we need to look back to the Word and say, God, what is it that you're telling us to do? How do we live this out? Um, and we need to allow the scriptures to, to guide and dictate how we're to live with one another. At the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. It's like going to the scriptures and seeing what God tells us to do and, 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 and adapting that to our lives instead of going, no, I don't really like that. I'm going to choose a different format. No, it's about, it's about us saying, yeah, God, I'm going to do it your way because I know your way is the way that you're calling us to do this. And so... Colossians 3, 12 to 14, uh, it's going to be up on the screen behind me, says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself or yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so in this passage of Scripture, we see there's a lot of words that, that really stick out to us as we're reading that, right? But one of the words I really want to highlight is, uh, first of all, is this whole idea of unity. And in Psalm 133, and again, the Scripture will be up on the board here, 1 to 3, or 1 and 3, sorry, says, How good and pleasant is it when brothers live together in unity? For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. I mean, what an incredible promise. I think sometimes how, how as a church, um, it's like we are so missing out on the blessing of God when we choose to not walk in unity. It's like it doesn't make sense why we wouldn't choose to just say, no, we want unity. Unity above all, we want unity. But so often that doesn't happen. But unity is so important. I mean, it's so important that it says the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore, on those that choose to walk the path of unity. And so as a church, we understand that, that unity is not captured in uniformity, right? We're not interested in creating robots. That's, that's not our, our heart. That's not the leadership's desire in this church to create robots that are just say yes and no and 
forward and backwards and reverse or whatever. We are, we, we are about, we want to see relationships develop and grow and, and sharpen with one goal at heart. That's, that's what we want to see. We want to see a people that are loving God and loving each other and making him known. That's, that's our, that's our heart. And, and in, in this, we want to be celebrating our individual uniquenesses for his glory. That's what I love about the church. That's what I love about the family of God is when we are together and you see each and everybody's different gifts, their different abilities, their different talents, their different uniquenesses, their different personalities. And when they're all in, in line with the word of God, it's incredible and beautiful what God can do through that, right? If we're a bunch of unique individuals, but we're not lining ourselves up with the word and we're wanting to do our own thing, it's no longer beautiful. But when we're a group of unique individuals and we're applying ourselves to the word and we're following the vision and the purpose that the Lord has for this church, it can be just an incredible, captivating, beautiful thing, right? This is God's best for the church. This is what he desires for us. In verse 12, what I just read, it says, clothe yourself with. It's not you clothe yourself if you want this and a bit of that, right? It's not, and then I'll clothe myself with something else and a bit of the other, right? It's not, pick a few words and you live those out. Like, I like being kind, so I'm going to go with that one. But forgiving, no, no, I don't, that's really hard. You don't even know what he did to me. You don't even know what she did. You, you don't, you don't know. So I'm not going to do the forgive thing. But I'll, I'll keep being kind as long as it works for me. Right? It, it doesn't work that way. It's about, it's about us saying together that we are going to apply these things to our lives. It's each of us, each of us are to clothe ourselves with all of these virtues we read in this particular passage. We live out our uniquenesses clothed with kindness, humility, compassion, gentleness, patience, Forgiveness, and then above all else, we walk this out with love, right? A healthy church, healthy people who are and make up the church are people who choose to daily to walk in these instructions. That's, that's the bottom line. There's no, you, you, there's no better book. There's no better way to do this than to read those words and just go, this is how it's done. It's, it's that simple. And if, and if, and if we choose to go, I don't know about that, that's because you just don't want to do it. That's just the reality. It's, it's that you are choosing to just say, put yourself above scripture and say, that doesn't work for my life, so I'm not doing that. We always need to allow the word of God to dictate how we're going to live. And so, um, so here's an example. Depending on where you work or the activities um, you are involved with, you wear what's asked of you, right? You know, like Johnny, you work at Costa, and you, I know you teach music and you do a lot of things, but you, when you go to work, you wear your Costa outfit, right? Outfit, I don't know if it's an outfit, but you wear your Costa gear. And other people wear other sorts of things at work. When, you, um, when you're, say, maybe doing athletics or something along those lines, you wear the proper gear for the occasion, that's what you do. And um, because that's what works best. 
It's like it works best for Johnny to show up in his Costa gear. Because then I know when I go there, he's a guy I talk to to like get a really sweet coffee, which he made me the other day. Um, I know that if I was to be working as, you know, a lawyer or whatever it might be, I would wear the right, the right gear. So if I was to clothe myself with jogging clothes to go, um, to go and do surgery, would that work? No, it wouldn't. If I was to wear a swimming costume, I like that because we don't call them swimming costumes in Canada. We just call them swimsuits, which maybe you call them here that as well. But if I was to wear a swimming costume, Mark, to go and build a fence with you, you'd probably be like, who is this guy? Like, get him off the site. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't have time for this, right? Even if I was a volunteer, he'd be like, out of here. So, yeah, you wouldn't wear a swimming costume if you were building a fence. And, you know, I wouldn't wear a suit to go play football. You know, I, if I was coaching, I would. Like the Arsenal game yesterday, the coaches all look really nice with their suits. And Arsenal, that was a great game. Anybody watch that? Anybody? Oh, got one. That, yeah, it was a pretty sweet game. You got a couple, yeah. Your dad watched it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great game. And, uh, yeah, so you would, you would obviously wear the right gear. So, for example... Um, you know, if I was wanting to go skiing in the Alps, I would wear a hat, I would wear gloves, I would wear a warm coat. I would wear the appropriate gear to go skiing in the Alps. And so in the same way, God instructs us to clothe ourselves with what works to be a healthy, vibrant church. That's the bottom line. He just says, this is what you need to do. And we know, as we've said, it's not easy, but this is what we need to do. If you choose to go around with what is opposite to these virtues, very quickly, church, family, community, relationships, God's best begins to fall apart. We see that in so many different realms. As soon as you choose to do your own thing, as soon as you choose to just say, this is what I'm going to try and do instead of what God's word says, it begins to fall apart. And we've seen, and I'm sure some in this room have seen the ugly side of that. We see it in church, we see it in family life, we see it in business, we see it in so many different realms. So, you know, now this all sounds, I guess, really simple, right? You know, Julian just gets up here and shares and we all agree, yeah, awesome. And, uh, but I think if we've been around long enough, most of us would say, you know, uh, you bet it's that simple, yes, like, yes. Yes, it's so simple. It took me a while to get my head which way I was meant to go there. But yeah, like it's so simple. Following God's word and we will be a healthy church. And this is true, following God's word, we will be a healthy church, but it's not easy. As you know, churches are made up of imperfect people, so things will never be perfect, right? I mean, that's just the reality. And yet this is how God chooses to reveal himself through people like you and I. And, you know, at this point, it would be very easy to, to take this message and, and begin to say, the actions in here, the actions as a, as a Christ follower, they, they will affect negatively and positively the way we live out our lives, um, influence others that are, that are not believers. But, but today, that's, that's not the heart. We've talked about going. We've talked about growing. We've talked about those things as heart attributes um, already um, in these in these five talks that we've had. But today's about, it's about us. It's about this family of God that we've, that we've been called to. It's about us coming alongside of each other, no matter what our differences are, and saying that we are family. What, 
You know, when times are good, we are family. When times are tough, we're family. That's, that's what it's about. It's like, when I need anything, I know where to turn. Okay, that, that need, I've heard so many stories of people when they've gone through struggles and the last place, and they're, they're, they've been, every Sunday they're here. And I understand sometimes people need a day away, but for me, it's, and they, they decide they're going through a tough time and, the, and then they choose, no, I don't want to go to the church on that, on the Sunday. And it's like, no, no, that, that needs to be the time where we actually, that's where we turn. It's like, that's our source of hope, right? When, when I need to be honest, I know who I can talk to, right? I know the people that I can go to when I need to be honest. You know, when I'm hurting, I know where I need to be. When all is good, I know where I can be an encouragement to others, right? When, when, when we're rejoicing, we rejoice together. When we're, when we're, when we're suffering, when we're having tough times, we, we do that together. But sometimes, you know, there's some in the church that are, you know, going through a tough time. And I'd encourage you to be, be open in, in, in the realm where it's, you know, it's safe. Be open. Be honest about what's going on in your life so that others can come alongside of you and encourage you and pray for you and be there for you, right? Those are the elements of, that we really need. But I mean, we can't be that to people if we just, put on this happy face when we show up to church on a Sunday morning and say everything's okay. Again, it's, it's doing it in the correct realm and, and maybe doing it in safe, safe place with people that we trust. But we want to be open with one another. Even though others see things differently sometimes than, than me, doesn't mean I'm right and they're wrong or vice versa. It just means that we can learn from each other. Right? Sometimes there's disagreements. Sometimes we read things a little bit different than others, but it doesn't mean I'm right and I'm wrong. Like, it just means let's, let's talk this out. Let's discuss this. Let's work this through. Let's, let's keep love as priority through this. We can see it differently, but still love each other and move forward in unity. Right? Because we're unique. When I'm facing challenges with others in the church, I know how I should respond. I love that passage in Colossians. It's like, this is how you're to respond. It's like the scripture continually tells us over and over and over again, this is how, you're, how we're to respond when we're going through things. Right? The word tells us. When we make mistakes, when we're not living out these virtues, and when we hurt someone, we know what we are to do to make it right. We know where to turn, and we know what to do to make it right. And, and as, a, as a body of Christ that, that are moving forward with one vision and one purpose, it's like we need to um, apply these things to our lives daily so that we know what, so we know what we can, so we know what we're doing, so that we know that we're following what Christ has called us to follow and we can move forward as one, one body. Um, again, not easy, but extremely important for the health and the overall health of our church. And I guess I would just say this as well. Just because, um, we talk about being the family of God doesn't mean we all have to be best friends. You know, sometimes when we have a talk like this, it's like, oh, now we got to really all be best friends no matter what else. I'm like not, you know, living what the word tells us to do. But it's not, it's, it's not, it's not about that. It's not actually possible to do that. And, and many of you know, Jesus, he had three that was really close to. And then there was the 12 and then there was the 120. And the reality is he knew his limitations in that regards. He knew that, that he, he could, I mean, he was all things, like he was able to be everything to everybody. He lived out these principles that we read in Colossians. But there were still some people 
that he did life with a bit more than others. Right? He did that. And that's just the reality for us. We're going to do life a little bit more with others. But the bottom line is, is that we, we may do life a little more with some than others, but yet at the same time, we're still this, this force that God's called us to be together. And we, and we love each other and we care for one another and we forgive one another and we walk together in gentleness and patience and, and all of these different attributes that we've just read. The heart of this church is to be actively engaging into each other's lives. That, I think, at the end of the day is what we're really trying to say. And I believe that God is calling us um, as we move forward to make an even greater effort. I believe in so many ways we're seeing that even now as we, as we, as we've, you know, there's been lots of changes in the past couple of years. And I mean, you guys have accepted and just welcomed Kyle and I, and we just feel like, yeah, this is our family, and we're so stoked about that and love it. It's like there's there's been a great there's been a great effort, and and I believe God's doing some really great things, and. Um, But we need to make this greater effort to say, this is my family, this is my church, and I truly love it. Where we can genuinely say that. I remember as I was leading youth a number, a few years back, it was like, I wanted, I wanted youth nights and youth activities and whatever it was that was taking place. I wanted them to be so proud of what they were doing that they would feel excited to invite their friends. They would, that, that it was at that level that they knew, yeah, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring this guy, I'm gonna bring this girl, I'm gonna bring my friends because I'm proud of what I'm doing because I love the, the unity in the youth group. I love that, that we are accepting and loving of others and all these different things. And, uh, and, and that's, that was my heart in leading those youth is that they would be really excited about it. And I believe in the same way we can be in that place as a church where we are excited to bring, bring people along because of the love that they're going to experience and, and realize when they walk through these doors, right? So, um, you know, I guess we're talking about this family of God and I'm, I'm totally wrapping up here, Tyler. If you, if you had a, a, a very dysfunctional family, I trust that you will seek and experience something different here. You know, because I, I, I understand that. I mean, I did not have a dysfunctional family. Well, they were in some ways, but, but they stuck, they stuck through it, right? But my mom had, had a very, very challenging upbringing. And I know so many others had very, very challenging upbringings and, uh, and maybe don't know mom or maybe don't know dad and don't know, aren't connected with brothers and sisters. And I pray that, that through Center Church, whether it's here or whether it be in Brighton, that, that coming to, 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 to the building that we call church, that you would just know that, yeah, this is my family. This is, this is where it's at. This is, oh, this is what it's all about. I get it now. I really see that. And you know, that's, that's really my heart. So together, let's, let's clothe ourselves with the, with the characteristics of Christ. And, and I guess the last thing I would say is that, and above all, that we would, we would put on love. And that we would be a we would be a church that really lives out those principles that that Christ has called us to live out. So I hope that explains a little bit of the how we do this. Okay, Amen. Tyler. All right. Now point two. No. Joking. Joking. Thank you, Julian. Um, one of the things that, as we just bring it to a close, is uh, we want to celebrate our relationships with one another. We want to cultivate our relationships. And um, again, I think as a church, things that we do, there's a purpose in why we do it. And why do we do life groups? It's so we can do life together. 
And uh, yes, we can come to church on a Sunday like this or in Brighton context, and that's great to be together and worship together and celebrate together. But it's difficult to do life together in this context when we're all in rows and we're, we're not always completely uh, able to engage. And so I encourage you to be part of life groups. That's one of the, the things that as we move forward is really to emphasize this need to be part of a smaller group. As you grow bigger, we have to intentionally become smaller. Right? As the church grows, we need to work at being smaller in our relationships so that we can be open and we can have people that pray for us and can challenge us and can walk the journey with us. Uh, we have in September, we're going to be doing our weekend away again, which has uh, just been a delight over the years that we've got away together as a church family. In the next few weeks, we'll have some information about that. So I do want to be, you to be thinking about coming away and just, let's, that's, that's a great time of just getting away from normality of life. And for that week, and just enjoy being together and get to know some people. Go on a walk and, and meet someone you don't really know or haven't met before. Um, in each of those services, in Burgess Hill, we have coffee time at the end of the service. And, or we normally do. Today we had it before our service. But uh, don't just rush away. Uh, sometimes, you know, we go, oh, I've got to get home. Or I've got to do this. You know, what? be intentional. But you know what? I'm going to have a cup of coffee and I'm going to just connect. I'm going to try to build a relationship. And I know for some people, it's very easy just to strike up a conversation and for others, it's a challenge, but can I encourage us as a church to never see anyone just standing there by themselves and not talking to anyone? Can we be a church that says, you know what, you might be a quiet person and I'm an outgoing person, so I'm going to go find you and I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to engage a conversation with you. I, I pray that our coffee times are, are times where, you know, when people come, whether they're new or people that have been in the church for a while, no one's just standing there with a cup of coffee, just standing there by themselves. But we, we, we are intentionally talking to one another. And making those relationships. And in Brighton, it's, you know, try sitting at a different table. For those in Brighton, you know what I mean. You know, try to build a relationship with other people and, and use that time to talk and share. We've been doing mystery meals, and I hope some of you have got together at this point. But as a church, Romans 12, 13 says, practice hospitality. Practice it. Do it. Open up your home. You know, it doesn't just happen to happen in our calendar as a church but we can do it in our own time. Take someone out for a meal if you don't really like cooking. You know, take someone out for coffee. Just, just be there in a, in a, in a sense of um, be, be practical in your, in your relationships. That's fantastic. Can we be courageous enough to embrace the people around you and let them into your life? You know, it's a courageous thing to say, do you know what? I want to connect. And I, I've discovered in relationships, it's a two-way street. It has to be. It's difficult to connect with a fence post. Unless you're going to staple yourself to it. But in order for a fence post to have a relationship with you, there needs to be interaction. And that's why in the church, we need to be interacting. And, and I think it, it takes courage for us to say, you know what? I want that. And I'm willing to go down that road. My proclamation for the church is that center church will be a church that engages with, one, with, engages with one another in a relationship. God calls us to be together. He paid a price so that we could be together. And his prayer, one of his last prayers, he prayed for the church, is that we would be one, as he and the Father are one, and that they, he would be in us. And you know what? If that was his greatest prayer, at the very end of his life, before he died on the cross, and then rose again, I, I think it's important that we live this out. And I believe church can be one of the best gifts here on earth. I, I believe it can be one of the things that we just, we love Sundays. We love life groups. We love being with the family of God because it's the place we 
we, we feel embraced and we feel like we can be ourselves. We're going to close this morning with doing communion. And uh, again, I think we've been given this as something for the, for the body to not only recognize him, but also recognize one another. And uh, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we see this church that was in some ways very dysfunctional. Um, and they were struggling with relationships with one another. There were people coming and they were eating and drinking and, and there were others that were really in need. And, and it wasn't just a little piece of bread and a little cup of, uh, of, of wine or, or juice that they were having it. You know, they were having a meal together. And, and for some, that was their meal. That was their, their way of sustaining themselves was this coming together. And, uh, Paul challenges the church that actually you're missing the point. It's something we do together. It's something that we, we celebrate what, who Jesus is, but we also need to remember the body. We also need to remember one another. When we come together, it's actually not just us and him, but it's also we're connected to this, this family unit. And so in Corinthians, it says this. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And you know what? And it goes on to examining our hearts and preparing ourselves. And uh, I'm just going to invite the, the, the worship team to come at this point. And we're going we're gonna to partake of his body together. And uh, that's one of the greatest blessings we have is, is being able to remember all that he's done, remembering all that he's sacrificed for our behalf, that we stand on the finished line. When Jesus said it was finished, he, he had paid for everything. But at that point, he said it's finished. And now when we walk into that finished product, we, we not only receive Jesus, but we receive one another. And uh, I think it's fitting that we, we do this together. And uh, what we're going to do is the, the worship team is going to, to lead us in. What I would like you to do is, is come and take a piece of, of bread and a cup and share it with someone today. Okay, So whether that's someone beside you, maybe it's someone across the room. But the band's going to play quietly and we're, we're going to just share this time together. Thanking God for one another. Now, if I can encourage you to just pray a blessing for the person that you share communion with today. And again, whether that's someone you know or someone maybe you don't know, it's just to pray a blessing on them and, and, and take enough to share with them, okay? I know we've got three buns, and we'll just pray that it multiplies, okay? Uh, but take enough to give someone something to someone. And so it's okay if you're taking two or three pieces of bread, okay? It's not about, oh, oh I've already had one. You know what? Let's partake together. Let's share together. Let's, let's have this moment where we journey together in this Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.